And now, Pogtendo presents Side Quest Cinema. Deep underground. In the top secret research lab, security has been breached. A deadly virus capable of contaminating the entire world has been released. Oh my god. We have to get out of this building. Who is that? It's the break! Hey guys, welcome to Podtendo Side Quest Cinema. Uh, it's a mini review, so we're just going to be kind of going through this movie very quickly. It's kind of our spooktacular month because uh, we were too lazy to play a video game, so we watched some movies. Good job, us. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we got a lot of projects on the go. It's it's hard to balance all these things and yeah. make sure that we hit everything on a, on a timely deadline. And we would rather not miss a deadline and put out an. Inf- <laughs> put out an inferior product no no that's we 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 just like uh it's easy to squeeze in movie reviews now that we've uh started doing this yeah these ones are kind of like our cop-outs so it's like our cop-out today resident evil one it was because we just played resident evil 3 so we watched funny movie or yeah and i don't know that's why we picked so so this movie was directed by paul ws anderson it was distributed by constantine films was released march 15th 2002 the runtime was 100 minutes the budget was 33 million dollars the box office was 103 million dollars the cast included mila jovich michelle rodriguez eric mabius james pierform martin cruz and colin salomon so there you go pretty exciting stuff yeah, um, I mean, this this movie was, for a long time, people argued the best video game movie um, since Mortal Kombat, and we were waiting for a really, really long time to get a good one of those game or, like, video game movie, so um, I guess everybody didn't see the, the classic um, instant, like, movie that everybody wants to watch day in, day out, the Super Mario Brothers movie, so, um, yeah, I think... I think we actually have some interesting first memories of probably watching this movie. We sure do. We sure do. Nice. Uh, so let's get into the development details. We can't talk about maybe our first experiences because I definitely remember waiting in anticipation, basically, of this movie for a while. Uh, it took a while for it to come out. Uh, we finally saw it randomly in, I think, like Lethbridge or something like that, like maybe weeks later. And I think I had told my friends the plot of the movie because I was like, well, it's obviously never coming. And then finally it ended up in our small kind of small town theater. So I wrecked it for everybody. So hooray. Yep. Yep. Well, I think back in the day, there's we we didn't have the internet, so we were spreading stories of, uh, hey, you got to see this movie. This movie's coming yeah. out, so it was uh, it was things could get a lot more hyped that back then. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so on to the development details. Let's see how this movie came to be. So a German production company, Constantine Films, bought the rights to Ari in January of 1997. An initial script described as being action and horror-packed and also very violent. The script was similar to the original game. Some changes were made. For example, there was no mention of Umbrella or Stars. Instead, the plot was about a special forces sent 
by the government to rescue scientists from a mansion laboratory after a SWAT team was sent in earlier was killed. But during the story, they realized that the entire mansion was a trap for them, and they were specimens in a medical experiment. The Special Forces team included all the characters from the game. The script also included all the game's monsters, and the team would have to fight each of them. The script was rejected. George Romero was also asked to write a script after he worked on the commercial for RE2. In early 2000, James Blanks, who two years earlier directed successful psychological slasher film Urban Legends, was involved uh, to direct Resident Evil film based on another script from a new writer, which was about Star's team fighting against monster creatures by from the virus outbreak inside Raccoon City. This version was cancelled as well. Man, this is just depressing how the cancelled scripts we're getting. Oh, man. Yeah. You can see the <laughs> anticipation building of we know a, ga- a movie's coming, but can it get off the ground? We just don't know how yet. So in 1995, Paul W.S. Anderson's low-budget film Mortal Kombat became one of the first commercially successful video game adaptations. And after playing Resident Evil, Anderson saw its cinematic potential and wrote a script titled Undead, which he described as a ripoff of the game. Anderson stated the film would not include any tie-ins with the video game series as underperforming movie tie-ins are art. Are, are too common, and Resident Evil, of all the games, deserves a good celluloid representation. In early 2001, Michelle Rodriguez, James Pierform, and Mila Jonovich were the first uh, to be casted in this project. David Boreanaz was intended to portray the male cop lead of Matt Addison. However, he turned it down to continue his work on the WB series Angel. The film's score and soundtrack were composed by Marco Beltrani and Marilyn Manson. During during the mid-2000s, Marilyn Manson described the score and soundtrack as being more electric than his other previous works. The film was originally subtitled as Resident Evil Ground Zero when the movie was considered a prequel to the game, but the subtitle was removed due to the uh, 9-11 attacks. The film's first plot... As of 2001, revealed Mila Jonovich's Alice and Rodriguez's Reigns were the leaders of a commando team sent in to prevent a viral outbreak from spreading to the rest of the world. The character of the Red Queen was added to the film's story as a homage to Lewis and Carol's Alice in Wonderland. Wow, um, lots to dive into there. It It is interesting to know that the... Because video games kind of had that bad reputation, um, and there was a lot of respect for the Resident Evil franchise, which is why it wasn't just slapped out there and just kicked to the curb, being like, ah, just go make some money. Let's see if we can just yeah. grab, fill our pockets with whatever trash we can. Um, and it seems that they this actually had some thought put into it it's yeah uh, it, yeah i mean yeah. Uh, that's nice to see right you kind of admire that the fact they did take their time and they found a, a, not a bad not not terrible like i mean I, I know i'm kind of playing my hand earlier but it's okay yeah it, i think the first the first movie for sure is is it's fine like it's it's a it's a movie it's it's nothing uh like i thought it'd be more gory this time around because yeah. i remember it being fairly horrifying but that might just be one scene uh specifically so yeah i think that the uh the movie we got is a lot better than a lot of the other movie at the time where it was just about making as much money as they can and it, it seems that they actually did try to take their time and 
put out a good product as opposed to just a, a, like the the first story that you you the first script about just like a special forces team going to go rescue lab people and now they're the they're the the specimens yeah. being in like experimented on it's like this is so this has nothing to do with resident evil so i'm glad that they well, that was the plot it. of the first game. Yes. Well, it was. Them like they thought to go they were a rescue mission, but really, yeah. Yes. But they thought yes. it was like a rescue mission, but they were really capturing data. Yes. Yes. Well. It, so. It, yeah. I just. It, it's a very. It, I. It's. It just didn't seem like it'd be handled very much with care. So it's nice that this has. Yeah. I, I like that the way that they didn't just remake the the video game story. They kind of like made a parallel story to the video games and made it work. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Okay, so how about on to our terrible plot summary. So a virus gets loose in an umbrella underground lair. I mean, uh, laboratory. So a special team is sent in to investigate what went wrong. Along the way, they capture two amnesiac security officers and an undercover cop. One of them is Alice. She tags on with the special team, watches them get chopped up by some lasers before stopping an evil computer and releasing all the zombies. The rest of the film sees our hero escaping, learning the truth about what happens, and having a battle with Umbrella's biological weapons. Before they escape, they are captured. Alice wakes up hours later to find out the city is overrun with zombies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it sets up for the next one. It does. They, they have a tendency to, like, leave in their cliffhangers to make the next movie. So, and we'll see that reoccurring. If you watched all of them, you'd be like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> they never wanted this franchise to end, even if they called it the final chapter. Yep. It's true. It's true. So, under a review, so we look at what are our favorite parts of this movie. Tyson, what is your favorite part of Resident Evil? Ooh, um, actually, I guess my favorite part is just the atmosphere this creates. Like, it, it does. It seems, like, you know, very cheesy or whatever, and there's not a lot of, like, blood or gore or much of that. But, like, the actual, like, atmosphere that the score can create when um, the, like, uh, stars team are slowly getting, like, uh, like the zombies are slowly walking towards them and it's building and building and building and it's like the the score can be very like tricky at sometimes where you don't like movies of this time is very much like oh here's here's heavy metal riffs whereas and sometimes it's, it's like the here's bad electronic music where I feel like the um, the suspense sometimes got really amplified by just the the care that was put into certain scenes so i guess like my favorite my favorite part is just like the atmosphere that this creates and it's still a creepy movie even to this day nice yeah uh, and i mean just with that i will we talk about it let's talk about it now uh the score of this game is kind of like an electric synth pop almost uh whereas the themes or like the score from the re games are very classical right like there's piano keys there's riffs it's all kind of um instrument instrumental music right for the most part uh, mm -hmm. and i almost feel like this is like the heavy metal version of or like the electronic metal version of resident evil if that makes sense right so like the art the games exist in a universe where you would score something with classical music and the movies exist in a universe and it's the same universe but where like synth metal is kind of like the main genre you know what i mean like it's kind mm -hmm. of my comparison between like the hobbit and lord of the rings movies whereas one is like how you're supposed to play dungeons and dragons the other one is like how you actually play dungeons and dragons and it's like all over the top so this is just kind of like the metal version of 
Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good way of putting it. And I think that like there's a few scenes where like it the music's kind of tacky, um, but there's a few yeah. scenes where it's like it's very like well done and, and very suspenseful. Like I, I that scene that with the it almost sounds a little bit like it's from the movie Halloween. Like it's almost like a who the who uh john carpenter scores where it's like it's like kind of got like got some really like the synths are handled well they're handled there to like embellish and you almost see like a rebirth of the synth stuff coming back in modern horror movies like in it follows and stuff like that so it's nice to see that that uh is still being used appropriately and this movie uses it fantastic so yeah, nice. So yeah, so my favorite part is uh, Mila jo- jo- Jovovich. Uh, she's super, super kick-ass. She's a strong female character. Uh, this movie is very progressive, and I feel like she takes a lot of heat for these films. But really, at the end of the day, the first two performances, like in the first two movies, are pretty enduring. Uh, it also passes the Beckdale test. So you have two female characters talking to each other, and it's not just about a male character. So it, it, like, if you want to say, like, if anything, it's like, go girl power? Yes, yes. Well, um, I don't know if Mila Jovovich and Paul... I said it wrong. W.S. Anderson. I think they got married after this movie. Right, right. Um, And essentially, like, he... You can really tell that he... Like, those two have a really good working relationship. And I think that that's... uh, That is very strong where he wants to... Like, he, he respects his wife. He tries to, like make make she's the she's like she's the sexy superstar but she doesn't need anybody she can do everything on her own she's very independent yeah. and i think that that is um very much shown in the uh, in the performance and and it, it well, makes her it makes her there's endearing. six movies there's six yeah. movies and they're all they, they do okay like people yeah. remember them and they're all led by a female not a lot of movies have that right so go Absolutely. mila jovich Yep. Cool. What about what's our most memorable scene or part? So I've got a couple contenders. So Alice's running corner kick that takes out the dog in the lab, the girl opening her eyes underwater, the laser hallway, or Michelle Rodriguez. She says a line that I still quote to this day, but I don't remember what it is. But she definitely has like a line where she's like, "Ah, those are some potatoes." Yeah, that's funny. Um, I think the only other one might be the elevator scene girl mm, getting her head yeah, knocked that, off at the beginning that's that's also yeah. a pretty good one yeah um, that was a good one yeah like by i say the the laser scene for sure takes it for me it's the one i remember vividly like like us watching it in the theater and like mom seeing it with us and like her being like oh my god cover your eyes child yeah um so very very cool um but like the the just the like open the bloody door man it's like i'm trying i'm trying and it's like as like the entire team just getting murdered you can just feel the pressure building and building and it's it's super well done and you can see that like um i i know a lot of other movies like this has never been done before and now it and and now you've i seem like you feel like it happens way too often so. Well, and like this movie is weird because there's an undercover cop whose first day on the job uh, was kind of a reference to Leon from Resident Evil 2, even though this movie is trying to be like Resident Evil 1. And then randomly the laser hallway scene exists in Resident Evil 4, which also includes Leon. So they like the video game started stealing stuff from these movies. 
which is kind of cool. So yeah, I would definitely say the laser hallway was probably the most memorable scene or part. What about, what's your least favorite part of this movie? I'm gonna say the two lead actors. The guy, the, like the sleazy guy that's stealing the virus and then the, the undercover detective. Like they just seem so flat and like... Eric Mabius and James Pure, Purefoy. Yeah, yeah, those guys. They're they're mm. pretty weak in this where I don't feel like any sympathy for the character. Yeah. Like the guy that's like, oh, my, I'm here for my sister. It's like, that doesn't feel like it's your sister. It feels like it's just a person that you were told that you need to be here for. Yeah. And then the guy that's yeah. like, ah, I'm evil. It's just like, but why? It's like, because I can make money. It's the money is the ha-ha. It's like, uh, give me more performance than you're kind of swarmy um yeah i feel like those two are just kind of they, they fall really flat for me and had they had a little bit better characters this movie would be fantastic because like almost the entire stars team is really well cast um like the the tech guy um michelle rodriguez's character um i forget the main guy of the stars group he's always good and everything so you you got all these like really really good actors and then like you lose a huge chunk of the good actors in the stars group and then we're yeah. left with these two dunces to yeah. to follow our two lead like ladies and we're like well this is this is less good but yeah that's fair okay uh, my least favorite part is the CGI liquor doesn't look good CGI bad uh, how about criticism so final negative about this movie so I find this movie suffers a lot from like early 2000s I'm a serious movie uh, there's plenty of opportunities that you could just like have the characters and cast like grow uh, they take things a little bit less seriously but it has kind of like these like stick up your butt moments you know uh, and just I don't know something rubs me the wrong way as well as I don't really understand like what's going on so Matt, the cop, is actually a eco-terrorist. No, an eco-something. Something. He, he's, like, fighting for the good. He's against Umbrella. And they're trying to, like, get information out on Umbrella to be like, look how evil they are. And that Alice's fake husband is actually in love with Alice. And he decides he's going to steal it so that him and Alice can run away together. Even though she wants to be, like, good and he wants to be bad? Is, is that the plot? I don't really get it. They're, okay, so he's there because his sister was in on the deal, and they're all trying to bring down Umbrella. Umbrella. Because yeah. they're, like, eco... They, I guess from the bad guy's point of view, they'd be eco-terrorists, but they're actually, like, eco-activists in their own eyes. So they're yeah. trying to, like, stop Umbrella from doing these horrible things like creating monsters um so they're working with alice to smuggle out the 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 the, basically the t-virus the virus that they're creating so they can bring it to to light so they can see like look at this horrible company look at this like awful virus that they created and they're continuing to do this we need to shut this down immediately so that's their plan and so his entire goal is to go investigate where his sister is because she missed the rendezvous or whatever so it's like he doesn't really have like his his motivation is to go there and look for his sister and then realize everybody's dead he should immediately be like well there goes that and turn around and walk out but he just gets dragged along and then the yeah the 
a guy that's actually in love with Alice. I feel like he's not really in love with her. He just like enjoys having I sex with her. I think he is because he's like, oh, I did it for you and you can come away with me. And that's why he wrote like, today all your wildest dreams come true because he was planning to do this like for her. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. But okay. It, yeah. They're, What's they're, your criticism of this movie? The writing. The writing. Great. Good. Good little setup for a story. Very suspenseful set pieces. Good. Um, like monster designs. Yeah. The liquor like looks super cheesy, but I'm being scared of it as a kid. Um, the dogs were like fantastic. The Red Queen's cool. Like Alice is this really neat character. They're doing a lot of they're they're doing a lot of the right stuff, but the writing of some of the characters are just just bad. Like the like the what's the code uh six two um uh it's like you, you understand like you feel what they're trying to get across, but you just know that these actors unfortunately have just nothing to work with, and the writing is just very stilted and just feels very fake to a point where it's very expositional. So, like, I mean, just yeah, just the, the dialogue is just not quite there. And I feel like it had the dialogue just been better. Um, but it's also kind of a problem with the time where writing right now, Eve is very formulaic, even on, like, especially on the TV side. Whereas it's almost like that just bleeds over to making movies. And I feel like that was a problem um, with some of these early 2000 movies and late 90s movies where... Yeah. Every, everybody talks like they got filled in through autofill, but it was actually written by a human being, unfortunately. So, all right, cool. Uh, how about a final praise? Final nice thing to say before we wrap up. You know, I, I really like how this movie takes itself like it's it, it takes itself not serious, but it knows that it's trying to like it's it's a video game. And it's trying to like be a bit be entertaining it's not trying to be um eh, it kind of is i don't know I, I don't know it's it's watchable it's a watchable movie yeah. it's 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 cheesy it's no tremors it's no like cult classic but i am sure for some people they would consider it a cult classic it's watchable i actually so the funny thing is um this is one of those random movies that i just happened to own so we were like how are we gonna watch this and i was like well, I don't have it on Netflix and I don't have it on like other streaming sites. So how am I actually going to watch this? And then I went through my DVDs and it's staring me in the face. The first three movies is like, well, it's good enough to, <laughs> to be in part of my cheesy horror like discount bin collection. So yeah. if, if you see it in a discount bin, grab it. It's 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 worth a, a yeah, I mean, I, I bought all six movies on Amazon. They were $15 on DVD. I got yeah. the next day for six. It was twenty three dollars. They showed up my house the next day. I have all of them, so it's yeah. not bad. Yeah, my uh, my felt praise. Uh, the movie holds up. It's not really over the top. Uh, there's a lot of fun sets, good cast. I think I'd watch it again. Like I you know I just watched it. I just reviewed it. I just talked about it. I go back, go back and watch it again. Uh, there's lots of movies that kind of wear their wet welcome out sometimes after you watch them. So that one's nice. Yeah, that's the nicest thing I can say is I'd watch you again, movie. So nice. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty high praise coming from us, where there's a lot yeah. of content to consume, so it's uh, it's watchable. Sweet. Nice. And then how about we end with some fun, fun trivia, and we're out of here. So how about after returning from the laser hallway, they find the bodies of Vanish. This is a direct reference to the games in which the bodies will vanish if you leave and re-enter an area. Kaplan's lines drew attention to this. So he actually says, oh, where'd the bodies go? Um, all the minor cuts and bruises on Mila Jonovich 
character are real. No makeup was applied. During the shooting on the sewer scene, Mila Jovich uh, right-hooked Paul W.S. Anderson in the face, giving him a black eye. But, and by the end, she heard about three cast members. Uh, and according to Mila Jovich, it was uh, uh, on the very last day of shooting, it was one of the crew members' birthdays. So they bought a bunch of bottles of champagne, and a- a- Paul S. Anderson was worried that the cast would drink too much. But they said, that's fine, we'll just have a glass, no more. Sure enough, the whole cast got really drunk, and they got through shooting all right, but it, there's some scenes where they're definitely wasted. God, I want I want to know what scenes those are. No idea. No uh, idea. So that, that's our fun, fun trivia. Because, I don't know, I need to add a little bit more oomph to this. So, there. That ends our second review of the month. Pretty exciting. Yep. Yep. Um, so, I guess uh, we didn't really talk about this. But do you... So, first experience. Do we tell people about the... We went to a movie theater and saw this with our mom because we dragged our poor mother to every movie yeah. that we want well, we to talked see. about that because we were we were anticipating it the release date was kind of all wonky we ended up finally finding it like weeks later uh three to four weeks later in lethbridge uh and then it was like another two weeks before it came to our little theater so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i yes i uh i specifically remember like having to beg our poor mother to to another movie that <laughs> she was that you know i and I, I sometimes like when we're watching these movies it's like man we dragged her to so much crap <laughs> that's yeah. like I, I have no entertainment I get zero joy from watching this other than just to make you too happy and shut you up so it's like man she really took a bullet for the team most most Parenthood. times we went to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, respect yeah. That. it's like anything it's like if you have a, if a dog or something you take a dog and it's like minus 20 and he's happy running around and you're like I'm freezing I hate this but you do things for the people you love you know absolutely absolutely and that's the scariest thing ever love (laughs) horrifying nice okay so with that uh that ends our review did we miss anything um you know it's i don't think so you know we've kind of gone off the deep end a few times with uh with this but uh, it's it is what it is i'm i'm happy we started this and I, I look forward to possibly some more of these reviews coming coming uh, our listeners' way yeah. in the future. So I think the way this is going to work is you've just listened to a video game. You listen to a movie. We then do a Turtles, I think our third Turtles movie that we're still working on from the summer for some reason. I'm not sure exactly what happened there. That was weird. Uh, then we're doing another Resident Evil movie followed by our Halloween special at the end of the month. So it's jam-packed, you know good stuff yeah, absolutely uh we got a lot of stuff coming your way um so it's gonna be we're gonna try to finish 2020 nice and strong sweet yeah okay so till next week have a spooky time bye yeah. guys yes james Wan's coming soon bye